In our readings today, a common thread that goes through all of them is faith in God's promises, and especially faith in this promised child, this promised offspring of David, of Abraham, and ultimately of Mary. This promised offspring and this act of faith tied into this child goes all the way back to Abraham when it's promised that through his descendant, all nations will be blessed. And this is a great mystery for Abraham. For the longest time, he never has an heir. It's not till he's about 90 years old that God is faithful to his promise. What's interesting, his faith is manifest in the very first reading in this opening story when God takes him outside and says, count the stars if you can, see if you can number them, so shall your descendants be. Now what's very interesting about this is if you look closely at that chapter, chapter 15, he actually takes him out during the daytime. We have this image in our mind. Abraham is out there in the night sky trying to count the stars where there's no light pollution, so there's actually a ton of stars but he goes out during the daytime. So God is asking him to make this act of faith just like you know that those stars are there, you just can't see them. Make the act of faith as well. You can't see your descendants as numerous as the stars, but they will be there. That's the sort of act of faith that Abraham is asked to give. And it's fully manifest by the second reading where Hebrews recalls that Abraham was asked to offer up his son Isaac and Hebrews, the letter to the Hebrews says he did this having such faith that God could even raise someone from the dead, raise his son Isaac from the dead so that truly Isaac as promised would be the one in which all these promises would be fulfilled that all nations of the earth would be blessed through this descendant. Now, of course, knowing our modern earth science, we know that there is something special, too, about what God says to Abraham. Look up in the sky and see, count all the stars if you can. And, of course, we do know that there actually is one star that is present. It's the sun. So he sees also the one star, zero stars, infinite stars, but also the one star, which is Isaac, but also Christ, the true son of God, right? So it's incredible the faith that Abraham displays, but also the power of God's promise. When St. Paul is looking at this promise to Abraham, that it's through Abraham's descendant that all nations of the earth will be blessed, he, of course, sees this fulfillment doubly, first in Isaac and then in Christ. So we have this faith and this hope in the offspring of Abraham, who is Jesus Christ, who will fulfill, fulfill this promise that all nations will be blessed through him. We have this incredible prophecy and encounter with Simeon and Anna. What's great about this encounter with Simeon Every priest, every religious, everyone who prays night prayer, the official prayer of the church, liturgy of the hours, you pray this every night, this prophecy of Simeon. My own eyes have seen the salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of every people, a light to reveal you to the nations and the glory of your people Israel. We say that every single night. So it's very much in our hearts. 
This is intimately tied to another one of God's promises. Talking about the servant of the Lord in Isaiah 49. The servant of the Lord, God says, it's too little for your vocation to just be to save Israel and Judah. I'm going to send you as a light to the nations so that my salvation may reach the ends of the earth. It's almost verbatim what Simeon says is fulfilled here in Luke's gospel. It's really a remarkable thing. So Jesus' vocation then, among many other things, is to be a light of revelation to the Gentiles, to the nations, that salvation may extend to the ends of the earth. Salvation. Salvation from what? The Roman Empire? No, our sins. Salvation from Satan, from the kingdom of darkness. We're meant to be drawn into freedom as sons and daughters of God. That's the fulfillment of this passage. And Simeon was wise enough to know the prophecies and to see this fulfillment. And of course, Mary and Joseph are pondering all of these words and the fulfillment that these prophets and prophetesses say about this child. If they hadn't already known, I'm sure Mary knew, but it's a development. We don't, we're not quite sure. Even Mary and Joseph, seeing the suffering servant of Isaiah, how that would be fulfilled in their child, or how this child would mysteriously save all the nations and all of Israel from all of their sins. It's really a mysterious process, especially before it happened. It's hard enough for us to grasp how this happened anyways. We have this same faith in the Christ child as demonstrated by Abraham, by Simeon and Anna, and by Mary and Joseph. Our hope in this child, we have faith that God's promise will be true, that all nations, all of us, will be blessed through this Christ child, and that he is a light of revelation to us, the nations, and that he will save us from our sins. This is our hope. When we hear these readings today, we participate in the faith of Abraham, Anna, Simeon, Mary, and Joseph, that this child will and continues to save us from our sins. That's the goal. That's the great, that's the great joy of being part of the body of Christ, is we're able to receive the salvation from our sins for the sake of being in heaven for the sake of being sons and daughters of the Father, which is really incredible. That's the faith that we celebrate today on this feast of Holy Family with all these figures before us as models of faith. So what is our response as parents, especially hearing all this about the promised child? What is a response of parents to their own children? What should be the expectation, the great mystery of wondering what this child may do one day. And I think looking at Mary and Joseph as models, God brings his promise to fulfillment through Abraham, through Mary, and through Joseph. He brings his promise to fulfillment, but there's action on the part of Abraham, Mary, and Joseph. There's participation. They have this faith but they continue to act in accord with God's will. 
So what does that look like? We, every one of our children are being formed into Christ. That's what it means to be baptized and brought to full maturity, as St. Paul says. We are sons and daughters of God, and we've been baptized, we've put on Christ, but we haven't been brought to full maturity. What is it to be a saint other than to be another Christ, to be alter Christus? That's what we're called to be, another Christ. As God is forming in your child another Christ, your response is to collaborate with that work and utterly to be present. Abraham didn't know all of the things that would happen, but Abraham certainly was there to correspond with God's will and be willing to offer even his child to God through whom this promise would come. Mary and Joseph may not have known all the details. Again, I think Mary did know many of the details, if not in any case. And yet they were present in the child's life. Joseph spending time with this child working on carpentry. That's how significant this call is to take seriously of our investment in our children. It's presence. It's being present because God is forming this child into Christ through you. That's the mystery. Through Abraham, Isaac was formed, but it was through Abraham. Christ came through Mary. Your child is being formed into Christ through you. So everything matters. All the interactions, all the little things, whatever hobbies you invite your child to participate in, being fully present at family meals, making meals together, all this has significance. As one of my favorite professors in seminary mentioned, Joseph taught Jesus his trade, was fully present, taught him how to work with wood and nails. And with wood and nails, his son saved the world. 